Welcome to the show, everyone. Red, white, and black, where we discuss racism in America. I am Jared, your host, and today with me is my friend Eric. Eric, will you give us a, a full explanation of who you are, where you're from, and why you're on the show today? Awesome. As Jared said, my name is Eric. My name is full name Eric Rollerson. I'm from Northwest Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Currently, I am at OU pursuing my master's in clinical mental health counseling. And I'm here on the show today to kind of discuss racism and any other thing within that purview and what's going on in our country today. That's right. Our main premise here is conversation. We feel like we need healthier conversations, more honest, open conversations. And we're trying to provide a format for that. So as we do with all of our guests, we're going to ask you to self-identify. I'll go first. Uh, I am a white Native American. I am proud of my Native American heritage, but I've had uh, a mostly conservative white upbringing. How about yourself? I am black. I mean, some people would say African-American. Um, I tend to just say black. Um, I guess you could say part Native American-ish. My grandmother was Creek, half Creek, um, but I'd mostly just identify as black. Um, and I've had a more liberal slash conservative upbringing, so a little mixture. Okay, all right. Um, of that, so. All right, now let me ask you this. African American versus black. You're saying I identify as black. Yes. This is something people ask me all the time. Mm -hmm. Is one of those offensive? No. Neither for, one. For you for or? For me personally. All right. And that's another thing, like when it comes to terminology and phrases in a black community where one word may offend me or someone else it may not be the same for someone else okay all right so it doesn't offend me personally no which is true because we're talking in generalities here mm -hmm. which is paradoxical because we have to know everyone's individual truth yes. so let's start that let's i don't want eric to have to justify every single one of his statements by saying each individual is different so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna speak for you a little bit and you agree or disagree i think okay. we both agree with this the major theme today is going to be seek individual truth. Yes. Absolutely, for that person. Mm -hmm. But today, I'm going to speak in some generalities, basically generally speaking, from certain populations or what we see, hear, and interpret in our experience from people of like backgrounds or people from dissimilar backgrounds. Is that fair enough? Yes. Excellent. So back to the general question. Generally speaking, do you feel like most black people prefer black or African American, or how have we come around to this? This is something white people care about. <laughs> we care about, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. oh, I don't want to say black. That's offensive. No. Well, don't say African-American. That's offensive. No, black is fine. Okay. All right. Black is fine. What about brown? What's mm. the difference? You know what I'm saying? Like, I've heard. When we say I'm black. I'm black. I'm brown. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. If, we, if we're speaking skin color, I am brown. I'm not black if we put the color Very few together. people are black. Uh, right. Very few people are black. Exactly. I mean, black is a very dark color. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, skin color wise, brown. Um, but when we're talking um, groups of people, mm. we tend to say black and brown people, black meaning those who could go in the African-American category, okay. brown being those who may be of Hispanic heritage or okay. um, Indian from yes. Eastern Asia. Not Native American. Not Native American. Exactly. Not Native American, Indian, or actual Indian. Descent. Yes. Okay. Middle so, Eastern descent, yeah. So then, then it gets into black then is as much a cultural term as a color term, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. All right. So, so when you hear the term black culture, mm -hmm. I hear the term black culture. <laughs> What's that mean to you? Hmm. Black culture is very intricate. Um, when, 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 when it's discussed in its entirety, it's music, it's food, okay. it's um, the phrases we grew up on um, that 
spread across no matter the socioeconomic status or right. which household. It's just things that we hear. So something like um, your grandmother may say, go rinse this off, mm-hmm. you meaning rinse off, or something like um, cleaning up. Okay. For us, Saturday morning with the church music going, that's something okay. that's a part of black culture, essentially. Um, so okay. it details a variety of different things, but mostly like music, food, hairstyles. That's a big one. Um, okay. Clothing, uh, things of that nature. Okay. So when you hear the term cultural appropriation, mm-hmm. what's that mean to you? Um, for me, again, I'm not one to be big on it, but I do recognize it and I understand its importance. Um, so cultural appropriation is when those who are not a part of black culture take things from that culture and then use it as a costume. So, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. First off, can I just share, I, I get very irritated when people weaponize terminology. And I feel like cultural appropriation has almost been weaponized in such a way. Like it's, in, it's sometimes a default. Like, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like I think people try to use it as a catch-all. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. oh, culturally appropriating. I'm like, well, okay. Please define what that is. If I'm listening to rap music, is that not allowed? Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm not a rapper. <laughs> That's not cultural appropriation. No. But I feel like some people use, and you know what I'm saying? If you're going <laughs> to, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think that there are some of this. So this is where we're really going to dig down mm-hmm. in some nitty gritty. All right? You said the word costume, which I like. Mm-hmm. Elaborate on that for me. So one thing would be hairstyles. A lot of times that's one thing okay. we see a lot going on, especially on social media. Um, hairstyles such as braids, which were you know derived from African descent. When slaves needed to find ways and pathways to escape, they would braid messages and braid um, different ideas into the hair. Really? Exactly. Now you're teaching me something here, Eric. <laughs> that's fascinating. Yes. Okay, all right. And so when people see those who are white or non-black take these hairstyles and use them for fun and things, and they don't respect the meaning behind it, that's where cultural appropriation comes from. Because you don't know the ancestral or the root meaning behind the, the clothing that you're wearing or the hairstyle that you may be wearing. Um, so that's a lot where the real cultural appropriation happens. And it's not just black culture. Mm-hmm. It happens with um, Indian culture, Native yeah, American Native American culture. culture a lot. So taking their things, mm-hmm. their, their head garbs and different, their dances and treating them as trivial and not paying homage to what they really mean. So how do we do that? How can we have appreciation without appropriation? I think a genuine interest in learning what's the meaning behind this dance. What does this garb mean? Because it's not just a shirt. It's not just a dress. It's not just a, you know, a necklace mm-hmm. for some cultures. So finding a friend or someone, okay. a strange, at, legit, go ask them. Like, start having genuine, authentic interest in what things mean to people and the culture that it belongs to. And when you have that genuine interest and you show them and they bring you into the fold to have that discussion and bring you into these ceremonies or whatever part of the culture that you're interested in, then you can start to fully appreciate. Because when you understand where something's from, then it's not appropriating for trivial means, but it's actually you recognizing and honoring that. All right, let's talk about some quick terminology, okay? Mm -hmm. You're a well-spoken young black male. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have a powerful voice, and you're no doubt you're using that voice now in many ways, and you will continue to even grow in that. Mm -hmm. So let's speak in some generalities. With the asterisk, individual truth, Okay. But with the asterisk, in general, what would you say are some um, is terminology or things that are generally offensive to black people in America that we may or may not realize? Okay, so when you say well-spoken black male, that mm-hmm. for me, like I said, it wouldn't be for me, but interpreted to the masses, 
it could be seen as a microaggression because okay. why can't why do you have to put emphasis on that? Why can't I just be a black male? Why does it have to be that you have to say that you're articulate for a black male okay. or you're, you know, you're well spoken, you're dressed nice for a black male and that's seen as derogatory because of the picture that America in and of itself has painted for black people in general, but especially black men and women, that they can't be articulate. So when you say, oh, you're real, you're well spoken, it's like, why, why do you have to put that on? Because if it was another race, specifically a white person was here, you probably wouldn't say that. Hmm. Not for you, but many others. So That's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I feel like then, I think that that's where people, primarily white people, mm -hmm. get frustrated. Yeah. Because... Okay, I don't mean anything by that. No. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't mean anything by that. So mm -hmm. what do we do? You know what I'm saying? I feel, I feel like people are getting frustrated in a catch-22 mm -hmm. because here's where I'm coming from. Why do I describe you as well-spoken? Because most young people are not well-spoken. <laughs> Heck, most people are not well-spoken. You see what yeah. I'm saying? I'm, Why did I say well-spoken black? Because it's a conversation about race. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So what do we, how do we deal with that? I mean, I, this is a very obvious, yeah. like, obviously, like, no concrete here is the answer question mm -hmm. but just as as two people who respect each other and know each other these microaggressions i feel like are almost entrapments at some point and it's hard because a lot of times i've had this conversation i said it on mm -hmm. the panel it's a lot of the times it's not intentional yeah um it's implicit it's okay. from you know we've heard it we've seen it and it's unconscious mm -hmm. the unconscious mm -hmm. bias is yes. what we have to address and so like i said it's mostly it's not intentional mm -hmm. it really isn't i believe it's not intentional and so it's just when you hear if someone addresses it to, towards you like say, say that's offensive i think for that person you should just respect it instead of trying to countermeasure it or find another argument to under okay um, right right what they're saying just respect it because for them for whatever reason it could be offensive all right so, okay i like that I like that. Yeah. Is it fair to say this? I think that we need to find some new terms. I mean, like, because <laughs> offensive, offensive, offended, mm. that's a very broad term. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can be offended and be ready to fight, <laughs> or I can be offended and be like, well, it's not a big deal, but I noticed. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like that, like you're saying, even in this moment, because we're in the same room, I can, I, I hope, and I could be interpreting <laughs> your, you were like, well, okay, what you said is not necessarily offensive to me, mm -hmm. but that's a good example of a potential microaggression. Mm -hmm. And so I like that then you just respect it. Be like, okay, I get that. I don't have to defend myself necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, let me give you a term that I find offensive. Okay. White privilege. Mm. I find that term offensive. Why do you find that offensive? Well, I think this is where we need different, and, and without me just getting on a soapbox and giving my potential <laughs> rhetoric change that mm -hmm. I think we need, um, number one, I feel like it's weaponized. I don't know what it feels like. I do not know what it feels like to have a racial slur. Mm -hmm. White privilege has become a racial slur. You think so? I, I'm just telling you what I feel. Okay. I feel like people are attacking me with it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just white privilege. I'm saying, well, it's just an um, angry black man. Okay. You see um, what I'm saying? I feel like it has become a microaggression in some circles. I believe that it has been made a default. Um, it has been made something that people tend to use without, you know, fully reviewing cir circumstances. Um, but it does exist, I have to say. I can't say that it doesn't because it I'm does. not necessarily saying it doesn't. I'll say there are two layers to this for me. One, I find it offensive because I feel like it's become a slur and people are weaponizing it, okay, mm -hmm. without even knowing me who I am. Going back to individuals, you don't know me. <laughs> I do believe in white privilege, but let me, you are a smart man, and I, I want to pose something to you and get your thoughts. I could be way wrong. 
Full disclosure, DGB's like, Jared, you're off your rocker. You are crazy. I'll tell you. No, I'll tell you. I know you'll tell me. Like, Jared, no, you're wrong. Here's my thesis. Privilege has a wealth connotation. And this is why I think that pe- white people in general, once again, I'm speaking to generalities here. I think the white people have a problem with white privilege because privilege has a wealth connotation. Yes. In other words, you are privileged mm-hmm. or, oh, that's an underprivileged population. Mm-hmm. It's really a pseudonym for they have fewer resources or less money. Mm-hmm. Right? If yes. we can be honest, like that's the, that's so, the overall connotation. That's the overall connotation. Yes. So privilege has this wealth connotation. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Nobody's going to tell you they're wealthy. Everybody compares wealth to the people that are above them. So if you ask a person who is on the poverty line, are they wealthy? No, absolutely not. If you ask someone who's middle class, are you wealthy? No, absolutely not. Look at those upper class. You're going to ask someone who's upper class, are you wealthy? No, I'm well off, but look at that millionaire. Okay, millionaire, are you wealthy? No, look at that billionaire. See what I'm saying? We always say, are you rich? Nobody's going to say they're rich. Only the filthy, stinking rich who are pompous and arrogant are going to say they're rich. Everybody else is like, well, I'm well off. So privilege to me has this wealth connotation, and no one's going to agree to that. Here's my suggestion. Now, this is just Jared Murrah, nobody in Oklahoma. This is not going to go anywhere, but I'd love to hear your feedback. I have some suggestions. White narrative or white context. Here's my interpretation of white privilege. You tell me if I'm incorrect in my interpretation. There are certain things that I experience differently because I am white. And here's some of my examples. I own real estate, not a lot, but I own some property. I like to, I, I've bought real estate in the past. There have been times I pull up to an empty building that's for sale. I'll get out. I'll go in that building. I will trespass. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to even get questioned. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, if a cop drives by, he's probably not even going to stop. Mm-mm. If he does stop, he's probably going to assume you I own it. Mm-hmm. That's the narrative. So here's my thought. The subconscious narrative we construct around people because of the color of their skin. I've experienced that. That's the white narrative. If I see, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think when we, I think the term white privilege has become so much that we, it's going to be, it, it, it's going to be tough for us to learn together with that word. No, I, I totally understand your, you know, feeling like it's weaponized, it's used against you. Um, but I don't think the narrative works particularly because I feel like it takes away the power that's in white privilege. Okay, you think that's a more powerful term? I do, because when you look at someone like Tanya Williams, I believe her last name is, she took, she lied on the application to make sure her five-year-old child could go to a better school district, Mm -hmm. and she got five years in prison, whereas you have Felicity Huffman, who (laughs) illegally tried to have her paid half a million dollars or more to get her daughter into a college that she didn't earn, but only got 14 Mm -hmm. days. I wouldn't say that's a white narrative thing. I would say the privilege that she had plus the wealth that she had. You think if Felicity Huffman was a poor white woman, would it be the same? Which one would, be, would she be more – if Felicity Huffman, let's say her name is Donna Smith mm-hmm. from Muskogee, Oklahoma, same charge, but she's a poor white woman. You think she'd be closer to Felicity or closer to Tanya? In terms of – In terms of penalty. Penalty. You I know, don't know. Basically same crime, similar mm-hmm. crime. I don't know. See, I think but, she'd be closer to Tanya. But I could be wrong. Seen. I think we both this. I, <laughs> yeah. I think she'd be closer to Tanya. Why? Because she's poor. Probably. I think Felicity's wealth went more than her skin. True. In that particular case, which is why, once again, I don't like the term white privilege. I think, yeah, that woman experienced privilege because of her wealth. But it also had to do with I just feel like skin. Because if we go back to wealth, we can mm. talk about Colin Kaepernick. Mm. It could. No, I no. Once again, that's what I'm saying. It exists. Yeah. But I think we need. Is it fair to say I think we need more terms? I think we need deeper terms. I think that this. I, I just think that 
obviously it's a nuanced, layered conversation, and I think that we're trying to oversimplify it by saying white privilege to where that has become, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say a powder keg, but I want to say if we're trying to, to, to really draw connections, I don't think, it's going to be tough. I, another reason why, given all of that, that privilege is probably the better word is because mm. outside of the wealth connotation, privilege means access. Okay, okay. Um, so okay. when we think about the Band-Aid situation, not now because obviously we've created Band-Aids mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. fit people of color okay, but for the longest. That's a classic example. Um, I'm with you. If we look on the television and in the movies that we watch, the shows that we watch, it's most likely going to be white characters. Um, it's not until recently, in the last decade maybe, if that much, that we started to see a diverse cast of people shown on television in positive lights and not just in the stereotypical roles. And so the privilege mm. in being able to see someone on television in cartoons, in action movies, in any other variety of people who look like you, that's privilege. Because what does it show to those who aren't of that race? That am, Are we not good enough to be there? Are we not allowed there? Um, is it only the outliers that make it in to get there? So I believe there's privilege in that. So I, that's another reason why I believe privilege may be the best word for it. May it may be. I love this because I want to keep fighting with you about this. Go I want ahead. to keep debating. We're going to have to save it for another day because <laughs> now I've got 15 other questions. But, Eric, I appreciate your honesty, and I appreciate you being with us today, sharing your thoughts. This is obviously a humongous issue, something oh, yeah. that I think we need to deal with. I think we need to be honest. Right. Thanks for joining us from everywhere that you're listening. Uh, this has been my friend Eric. Eric, okay. where can we follow you? Anything you want to promote? You have a book that we yes. would love to uh, read and purchase. Where can I find that book? Um, my book is available on Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble. The title is Right Pieces, Wrong Puzzle, The Synergy of Passion and Purpose. All right. Excellent. And that's Eric Rollerson. Rolla, check it out. Uh, <laughs> this is a fantastic, fantastic author and speaker. You want to check it out. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, I'm your host, Jared, technically a minority. Bye-bye. <laughs>